Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. That being said, I'd like to take you to the book of Genesis, the 32nd chapter and the 24th verse. And uh, here's what it says. And it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and has prevailed. Then I'd like for you to turn with me to 1 John 5 and 4. And this is what it says. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Holy Spirit, thank you again for your words. Now, as we look at this lesson, God gives Jacob a makeover by changing his name to Israel because he had found favor with God. However, his old, his old name represents that part of him that was sly and tricky and it lacked integrity. As a matter of fact, his twin brother Esau complained about him being a cheater because he tricked him out of his birthright and stole his blessing. And in much the same way, God has given your problems a makeover. We want to focus on that today. God has given your problems a makeover by changing their names from problems to the victory. See, Satan has been using your problems against you to try and trick you out of claiming your birthright and stealing your blessings. But John 1 and, 2, 1 and 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And, and the purpose of this message, as I'm sure everybody is on this 21-day fast with us today, is that you believe on Jesus as the scripture has said. Because as we get into this message and as Bishop continues to minister to you, this is for those that believe on his name. And so we want to reiterate that God has renamed your problems and changed their names to victories. And what used to be a problem, now God calls a victory. What used to be called weak, God is calling that thing strong. That thing that, that's been uh, an infirmity in your body. God's calling what was sick healed. That which was weak, he's calling that strong. And where there has been a lack, where there has been lack, God is calling for abundance. Now, when we look at the battles and, and the wars that have been fought and won in life, that and I want to emphasize one, they are not so much looked on so much as problems, but victories. 
Even when we look back at the suffering of our, of our Savior at Calvary, we tend to focus more on the resurrection than the agony of the crucifixion. And somebody might say, well, why is it that we do that? Why? Because we're focused on the victory. And so I want to, if I were to give this study a, a name, I would just entitle it, This is the Victory. This is the Victory. Now, we know that without the cross, there can be no resurrection. But the end of a thing is always better than the beginning. And God wants us to look at all the episodes of our lives, all the episodes of our problems, and call them victories because that's, that's how he sees them. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God calls those things which be not as though they were. And the Bible also says emphatically that he always causes us to triumph. That means that, that whenever you see a problem, it has triumph written all over it. Whatever it is that you're facing, it has triumph written all over it. Otherwise, God couldn't always cause us to triumph. I know I'm talking to believers, but for believers, he always causes us to triumph. God is the faithful God. Not even one word has failed of all the words that he's spoken. He always causes us to triumph. And so whenever you see a problem, it always has triumph written all over it. So it's important that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. So you'll, you'll be able to see what God sees. You'll be able to say what God says. You'll believe what God believes. And then you'll begin to see manifest, manifestations in your lives. Now, God is not the only one who calls our problems by a new name. Even our faith, even our faith recognizes what God has done so that whenever it sees what used to be a problem, faith screams that this is the victory. That's how you want to begin to see your problems. You, whenever you have a problem, you want to begin to believe, wow, this thing has triumph written all over it, and this thing is actually the victory. You see, faith cannot be intimidated. Faith cannot be intimidated by problem because faith sees the end from the beginning by looking at God's word. And we know that the, the word that comes out of God's mouth cannot return unto him void, but it will accomplish what pleases God and it will prosper wherever he sees it. He sends it because faith sees the invisible and faith expects the impossible. God meets us at our level of expectation. Amen. And all this is going on while you hold your, your peace and God will fight your battle. You see, the battle is not yours. In the first place, the battle is the Lord's. And I, I'm, I'm reminded of Colossians, the second chapter in the 14th verse, which says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Amen. And having spoiled principalities, he made a show of them. He, and, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And then I, I want to remind you of another scripture uh, in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, that says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Praise God. And then it says, bringing into captivity every thought 
to the obedience of Christ. So, so the good news is that Jesus took everything that is contrary to us out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus took everything that's contrary to us out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Jesus gave, the, gave us the victory over every name that is named, both in this world and the world to come. And that's why uh, faith says that my present battle is my next victory. Faith says, my present battle is my next victory. So the truth about everything that's operating in our lives that is contrary to us is only operating in our ignorance. Even demonic power can only use its authority by the power that has been granted to operate. Because in the realm of the spirit, every chain has been broken. And it is no longer a contest he always causes us to triumph. The Bible says, and we are more in all these things. We are more. He didn't say we were conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. No wonder the apostle Paul said, now I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches and necessities for his sake. Because when I see these things, Paul said, I'm staring victory and triumph right in the face. Yeah, God wants you to get to the point where you embrace your trials. Uh, Paul said, I've become a fool in glory. Praise God. Paul got the, got the understanding of what Jesus had done at the cross. He said, so that when I'm weak, he says, that's really when I'm strong. I discovered that his strength comes to his full maturity in my weakness. This also means that every need is met. Every problem that you're facing is already solved. And every desire in the will of God is already granted. Uh, Solomon said, that uh, which hath been is now, and that which is to be have already been. God requires that which is past. That's why we can go ahead and say that this thing has been changed from a problem to the victory. Praise God. This is the victory. The problem that you're facing is the victory. You're looking at victory. That thing has been changed. And then when we... Uh, when we began to, to walk in the newness of life and when we began to, to experience the savor of his knowledge, praise God, that's when you began to uh, enjoy that joy which is unspeakable and full of glory. It's indescribably delicious. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the cross. We like to talk about the resurrection. That's the good part. He got up on the third day with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And, and we're seated with him in heavenly places far above principalities and powers and dominion and might and every name. But let's talk a little bit about the cross. Most people have trouble relating to the cross and, and see it only as their eternal salvation for heaven. However, Jesus is a personal savior. And he wants you to understand the value of the cross. His greatest desires is for, is for you to not only understand the resurrection, but the fellowship of his sufferings on the cross. And I, I like one, one good thing that the Holy Spirit is saying to us. He began to talk to the disciples and he said, uh, all things that the Father hath are mine. And therefore I said unto you, he said, that the Holy Spirit would take what's mine and show it unto you. And so it's the job of the Holy Spirit to show you 
what is the victory, and, and what is triumph. But we have to go through the cross. We want to become uh, uh, expert uh, workmen in uh, this thing called the cross. Because without the cross, there can be no resurrection. Now, when we look back at the cross, most people see the inscription that was above his head, uh, identifying him as the king of the Jews. But what the natural man cannot see is that all of our negative thoughts and evil imagination were unseen, but represented at the cross. Just, just think that, that Jesus died for the whole world, for all the sins of the world. And not only did he die for all the sins of the world, he died for all of our negative thoughts. He died for all of our negative thinking. The Bible says, blotting out the handwriting of, of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And then having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show and open, uh, he made a show of them openly. He made a show of them openly. And we, we, uh, when we look back at the cross, we, 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 we need to, to answer the question about who them is. I know, understand the diction. Who them is, who they are. Well, we, we think about the soldiers, we think about the Romans, but, but let's add to that list because he made an open show of our negative thoughts, our negative thinking, those things that hold us, that, that, that holds the mind captive, that holds us captive, that keeps us from fulfilling uh, our destiny in life. He made a show of them openly, the Bible said, triumphing over them in it. And so we're going we're gonna to have to bring the cross more into focus because the Bible says, always bearing about the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the, the, the life of Christ will manifest not just in your spirit, but in your mind. And when we start talking about the mind and the battle of the mind, we, we have to understand that a battle is anything that's contrary to you. And almost all of the battles that we fight are first fought in the mind. It becomes a hostile encounter by what the, what the dictionary calls two opposing forces that has become contrary to you. And, and, and the way that, that this thing works, battles announce themselves with their names to our minds, such as you are sick, you're weak, or you're broke. And most of the, most of the time, a battle, that, uh, a battle is a fight or a struggle to achieve or resist something in our thoughts. Even the battle of life itself is for the mind. And then we have to understand that the battle of the mind is for focus. I want to give you just some, some statistics that will possibly help you in your, uh, your encounter with your battles and your trials. Uh, we, we say the battle of the mind is for focus. That focus is usually for heavenly things like God and faith. That's what the battle is about. Or satanic things in life such as the graveyard of our minds. And we start talking about the graveyard of our mind. Uh, it, it buries our freedom. It robs us of our potential and it steals our victories. But Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus took the sting out of death. Yeah, we understand the, the literal uh, understanding, but Jesus took the sting out of death and robbed the graveyard of our minds of its victory. And all demonic powers are focused on your mind. For they know that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Let's talk about the mind just a little bit. The mind is the place where you store emotional events. 
And to, it, to the mind, everything is real. Everything is real. The mind can take a thought and turn it into experience. And, and the mind doesn't differentiate between the two. And so that's why there's always a battle going on. The mind uh, associates pictures with feelings. And, and, and most people don't know that your mind is deciding what you are feeling. And so they try to decide on a feeling, but you can't decide a feeling. You have to decide a focus and that focus creates the feeling. And, and, and then a, a wounded mind, praise God, is just a horrifying experience. And, and we have to understand how we get the victory over the mind. We're always focusing on the spirit, but, but as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You have to respect your mind. And, and, and that way, uh, when you start respecting your mind, you start leaning more toward the cross. You have to be able to look back at the cross and see what Jesus has done, how he took everything that's contrary to us. He took every negative thought. He took all of our evil imagination and nailed it to the cross. He took it out of the way, triumphing over it. So now we know, praise God, that when we see a problem, we're actually looking at the victory. I, I like what, what the way the Holy Ghost loves on us because I was dealing with some things not too long ago. And, and, and so God said to me, he said, this is the battle that I won. And this is, this is the victory that I won. This is the battle that I fought for you on the cross. And this is the victory that I won. And so every time we come into an encounter, we need to hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit of God is saying, hey, look, this is the battle that I fought for you on the cross. This particular thing. And this is the victory that I won. And as we began to look at things in that light, oh, we began to experience the victory of Christ that he has given to us on the cross. And that's the reason that the Bible says he endured the cross, uh, despising the shame. He wanted to make sure that it covered not just the, uh, uh, the story of old, but it, it, he wanted to make sure that it covered the things that you are going through in the new. Praise the Lord. And so this is the victory. This is the victory. Every time you run into a trial, you're actually looking at the victory. The Bible says that God is faithful. And he will, with the temptation, with the test, make a way of escape that you might be able to bear. And so we have to understand that, that whenever a temptation comes, whenever we have an encounter, praise God, the answer comes with the test. Hallelujah to God. Praise God. Because he will, with the temptation, make a way of escape. That means that you're looking triumph in the face. Don't look at it as a problem. Praise God. Look at it as God's promise that he is fulfilling in your life. We're just so happy to be able to share with you the word of faith. Praise God. God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. That means that that help doesn't have to come. It's already here. And the word is nigh thee even in your mouth. It's in your heart and in your mouth. And as you begin to continue to call things which be not as though they were, as you begin to recognize the names have been changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you begin to say, oh, this is the victory. This is the victory. Don't look at it as something hard. There's nothing too hard for God. And he's already gotten the victory. You want to begin to renew your mind. And that's when clapping comes back into your hands. Running goes in your feet. And joy begins to manifest 
in your soul. And I want to certainly encourage you to seek God, ask him for what it is that you need. And, and the biggest thing is, that you can do is to set your affection on things that are above. Ask God for the things that excite him. Because when you say, Lord, help me to believe on you as the scripture said, oh, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And God wants to do that. There, there's nothing to stop God. Praise God. Once you become hungry for him, because the Bible says that, that he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be filled. You want to be able to, to believe God when these trials come and believe that their names have been changed. Praise God. You want to be able to say, hey, well, this is the victory. You want to be able to say, this thing has got triumph written all over it. So we're excited today just to be able to share that with you. We pray that, that if you're dealing with any infirmity, you need to know that, that, that uh, God has invested in you his power. Praise God. You're seated with him in heavenly places of authority, far beyond, far beyond all principalities, principalities, territory. Praise God. So, so you're seated with him in heavenly places, far above whatever it is that you're living with. Far, it's not even close. It's not even a contest. Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named. You want to begin to walk in the authority that God has given you by declaring that this is the victory. I want to say a word of prayer for you today. Those of you family members who are dealing with any kind of... Uh, grief or, or just going through a hard trial, the Bible says, surely he had borne our griefs and, and carried our sorrows. And if he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, the Bible says he took our infirmities, then we certainly don't have them. We want to begin to say what God has said. We want to begin to walk in the newness of life. We want to begin to call things which be not as though they were. Praise God, and then we want to, to rule, reign, and dominate when it comes to the battle of the mind. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.